to Wellbeing Wednesdays. I'm your host, Courtney Weaver. I'm also the director of WellWVU here at West Virginia University. And with me today is Nathan Harlan, a favorite of the show. He is the executive director of the Office of Student Wellness, also known as my boss. So we shall be on our best behavior and not swear because we always swear so much on this show. But hello, Nathan. How are you doing today? Hey, Courtney. I'm glad that I'm a favorite because I've been here twice now. So the, the, the bar is low. It is pretty low. I mean, I think so we've had some other people on for like three times. So okay. you're you're getting up there. Yeah. So favorite, favorite is a generous term. Then. <laughs> yes, indeed. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do here at WVU. Yeah, so I, I get to work with um, four departments under student uh, life, and uh, Courtney and WellWVU is one of those departments, Campus Rec, Adventure West Virginia, and Collegiate Recovery are the other departments. And the four, uh, four of us uh, partner extensively with Caruth, uh, Student Engagement Leadership, and pretty much everybody else. We, work, we, we love working with everybody to build cooperative programs and, and outreach events and, and opportunities to connect with students all across campus. Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> not that I'm like not actually a part of it. I'm just kidding. So today, as people might have noticed, so we are recording this on a Thursday for a release next Wednesday. But yesterday on January 20th, we actually had a, like a partial snow day here. Uh, like winter is in full swing. I kind of felt like it was elementary school with a two hour delay at first. <laughs> so but there's a saying that says there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. So Nathan, what are the origins of that saying? Yeah, so I love this saying, and it, it, it's sort of like a, a Scandinavian proverb. Uh, you know, it, it, it comes from the, sort of this, this land where, you know, winter is long and deep. And um, and apparently, you know, it's a common a phrase that you'll hear parents say to their kid when their kid's like, I don't want to go outside and play. Uh, it's, it's cold out there. The weather's bad. And the parent will say, hey, listen, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. I, I love it because it kind of highlights this, um, the, the, the how-centric attitude is in terms of our relationship to the weather and you know if if your attitude is that it's got to be you know 75 you know no wind and perfectly clear blue sky then you're sort of your your operating conditions are pretty narrow and you won't enjoy the outside world as much as if somebody who's got a pretty wide range of of what they consider comfortable and good weather um you know, it, it also sort of, uh, you know, it underscores that that what is unsuitable is is also has cultural implications. You know, I, I think in a, in a in a place where weather is cold and and uh, dark for much of the year, you know, obviously they're going to be more comfortable with it. Um, uh, you know, mentioning the snow day is funny because uh, you know the the, uh, the university doesn't frequently cancel classes uh, for snow, but um, you know, in places that snows more frequently, they probably almost never do, right? And so. It's also sort of a geographic sort of thing. Um, so I, you know, I thought we'd, we'd have some fun talking about ways uh, that you can prepare to, um, you know, to make it a better go of it in the cold weather. And so that's what we're going to do today. All right. Well, it's funny you mentioned the, it, depending on the climate and whether there will be a snow day or not. I, having grown up in Michigan, I can attest to that because we rarely got a snow day. And in my four years at undergrad, we never had a snow day. You were going to class no matter what. <laughs> uh, and we had lake effect snowfall uh, where I went. So it never stopped snowing. Um, so before we get into those tips and tricks, like, can you make a case for why we should go outside and stay active? Because I know, like, for me, when it's winter, I just want to put on my sweatpants and pull a blanket over my head and lay on my couch. So why should we go outside? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and and just to be clear, there's plenty of room to to cuddle up, you know, and, and enjoy some some. It's one of my favorite things about winter. But um, you know, I'll tell you why why the the Scandinavian parent says it because their kids are driving them nuts, and then you get them out of the house, right? <laughs> but I'll tell you, you sort of uh, here's here's an interesting statistic. So there, there's this this Gallup Share Care uh, poll that they run about you know uh, sort of general well wellness well being in American culture, um, and according to that poll, every year um, the the number of Americans who report exercising regularly drops by five percent during the winter. So hitting its low in December and then reaching its peak in July. And, you know, that's not surprising. A lot of people would rather be outside um, exercising and, and moving in warmer weather. And then just in general, our motivation seems to shrink when the days are cooler and, and the daylight is shorter. But here's the problem with that. You know, that lack of physical movement takes its toll on us. And because we know physical activity is a key ingredient sporting both physical and mental health. Um, and, you know, we also you know everybody's heard about, you know, seasonal affective uh, disorder or just sometimes a, a less severe form of that, a less clinical form of that, as people call it, the winter blues. And that's sort of just, just this biochemical imbalance um, that can happen to us because of the shorter daylight hours and less sunlight in the winter. Um, at its severe, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a condition that, that everybody ought to seek uh, professional uh, mental health um, support for. But the thing is that routine physical movement um, exercise is, is a way to support and combat those depressive symptoms. Again, I think it's just really important to highlight everybody can benefit from exercise in the winter. But for those who are, who are really suffering from, from the more severe aspects of seasonal affective disorder, you, you need to go see a professional for that. And, and they may very well also encourage you to, physical, uh, to adopt physical exercise as well. So here's here's the other thing about this year, especially that's challenging about staying indoors. Outdoors is one of the few safe places we can meet up with our friends and socialize over a, a jog or a run or walk. I know personally that the the, um, the feeling of isolation has intensified over the last couple of months because COVID's you know even scarier now than maybe it was in terms of number of infections, but also those those natural points of connection, running into friends on the rail trail. Um, getting together with folks for a hike, it, it becomes a lot harder or the duration of those becomes shorter. And so it, it, it becomes more challenging. So sticking it out and, and adopting, you know, the attitude that, you know, the range of, of what is okay weather is broader, gives you more options on the social front as well. Mm-hmm. And what about from the aesthetic front? Because winter, I mean, personally, an ice storm when it moves through, it's really scary to be a part of, but afterwards everything is so beautiful because it's covered and refracting all this light and it's just gorgeous. So is there something to be said for for that? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, I'm also a lover of winter. I, I, I feel personally like we don't get enough snow here. Um, but even if for those who don't particularly love playing in the snow, you, you've got to admit the way that the landscape gets transformed overnight from a, even a light snow, or, you know, even on the micro sense, the way um, the, the, the frost patterns on your car or in a puddle, um, the lighting in the winter is so much different. And, and oftentimes the timing is different. So sunsets earlier, we're more likely to be outside during the sunset. Um, it, I, I think there's a lot to be said for finding beauty in the winter. I also think it's always promising to me that, first of all, by the time we get past Christmas, we're, we're past the winter solstice. The days are already getting longer. And we can notice that the more we spend outside. And there's already signs of spring, even in the deep part of winter. If you look at, at our deciduous trees in West Virginia, you can see the buds growing by the week and, you know, they won't, they won't um, 
spread out into leaves until the late spring, but you can see those changes already working your way towards spring. And personally, that helps me get through the colder, darker days is just thinking we're already on the climb. We're already heading back to warmer, uh, longer days. Okay. So, you know, having spent some time you know, growing up in a cold climate, like we've all been outside before and, and it's been cold and even when we're bundled up. So what's, what more to it is that? Like I wear all these layers, I'm still cold. What's going on? Yeah. So, um, so I think, you know, like, like a lot of things, there's, there's a, there, there's a lot going on beneath the surface. It, staying warm and comfortable outside, whether you're on a, you know, walk or run, um, you know, spending just sort of more sedentary time outside. Um, it's important to us to understand sort of what's going on with our bodies more than just what layers of clothing we put on. So I love the metaphor that, you know, our, our, our bodies um, operating the cold are a lot like a house with a furnace. So, you know, if you have a really well insulated house, but the furnace is set, you know, to 45 degrees, it's going to be cold inside. And on the flip side, if you have the furnace on full blast, but every window and door in the house is open, you're still going to be cold inside. So, you know, in this metaphor, our, our bodies are, are, are the way we burn fuel or food is sort of that furnace. And the way we insulate it and protect it from the weather is sort of the clothing we wear. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta think about this when, when we are outside, you know, what are, what are we doing to how, how high is the furnace burning? Are we running, biking, fast walking or hiking? The furnace is burning hotter. We may need less layers, but if it's windy, um, we need to think about what we're doing to block the wind out a couple layers of fleeces or a sweatshirt that the wind kind of cuts right through. is going to still leave you feeling cold while a thin layer with a windproof jacket or, or something like that is going to help you feel warmer. It's also interesting, you know, when it's damp and cold, sometimes uh, 34 degrees and wet feels a lot colder than, you know, 28 degrees and dry. And that's because actually um, the way that the heat transfers off of our body is amplified when there's moisture in the air. Basically, moisture helps transfer heat away from our body. Anybody who's ever jumped in a cold swimming pool knows this. You'll get cold a lot faster when you're completely immersed in cold water. So think about a damp, um, kind of misty uh, air uh, that's cold, and it's going to help draw the heat off your body faster, and it's going to cool you down quick. So kind of anticipate that. And then also just, uh, you know, uh, what, what's happening? Is it precipitating? Is it snowing, sleeting, um, hailing, you know, and, and wearing layers of clothing that protect you? Even if you got a bunch of fluffy, warm layers on, but they get soaked through, you're going to get cold quick. So making sure you have a what we call a shell layer on that keeps the water um, off of uh, your skin and off of those uh, warm layers. It's pretty important. And then, you know, just as important for both the, um, you know, staying warm and also for fun is sort of what you put in your body as fuel to fire that furnace. So, you know, if you go out to exercise or to take a walk and you have an empty stomach, you haven't eaten much recently, or you go for a very long walk, hike, bike ride, and you run out of um, energy, you're going to start getting cold fast because you don't have anything to burn to fire that furnace. And so, um, you know, knowing that you've uh, stoked that fire and you've eaten some good food that will help fuel your exercise is also going to kind of fuel that furnace to keep you warm. Okay. So you kind of mentioned this already, but let's talk a little bit more about layering and why is it so important? Yeah, layering is uh, really important because you know, whether uh, we go through an exercise routine, uh, like a, a run or a ride, um, we're going to, our, our body's going to change its operating temperature. And then of course, the weather isn't static all day long. If we go out and um, we step out into a warm sunshine, and then we're out past sunset, the temperature can drop rapidly. So layering refers to basically including multiple layers of, of insulation, wind and moisture protection in your clothing, 
so that you can adjust as either your body temperature adjusts to working out or the exterior conditions change. Um, you know, again, a good example this would be if you're going to go for a long walk on the rail trail um, and you start out in the bottom by the Arboretum where you're pretty protected from the wind um, and, and then you walk down towards Star City and all of a sudden the full wind coming up the Mon River is sweeping over you. You want to be able to maybe uh, untie that rain jacket or, or, or wind um, jacket from your waist and put it on and then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of layering up, as we say. Um, and then also just think about, uh, you know, the, the, um, the cooling down process as well as the, the warming up. When we uh, start out a bike, when I start out a bike ride, for example, I always start cold. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I'm going to know that I'm going to warm up, so I'm going to be okay with that. I'd rather start cold and then warm up into, you know, into the activity. But then i got to be careful if I, if I cool down and I, I have a nice, you know, slow ride back to my car or my house. Um, I want to make sure I have that layer of pull back on so I don't get too cool, which is, you know, obviously what we're trying to avoid is being uncomfortable or extremes being very cool. Okay. So if we take all of these factors into consideration, that means we should be perfectly comfortable outdoors, right? Yeah. So that this is tricky. Uh, you know, I think it depends on our, our definition or our range of comfort. Um, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you think about uh, the, the that Scandinavian proverb, you know, the the, the person's uh, range of what's comfortable temperature-wise who grew up in Sweden is going to be probably different than myself who grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, but we also can expand those comfort zones. I think it's you know it's 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 probably a good um, mental challenge to to try to find the edges of what is comfortable to us without straying into what's dangerous for us, but to try to expand that comfort zone a little bit, to be okay with being a little bit too cool um, and expand what that looks like. I also think our, our mindset regarding um, our degree of discomfort, um, you know, is, is, uh, is something that has implications for sort of like um, other parts of life. Like for example, you know, if we know we're willing to put up with some discomfort to achieve an outcome, and, and so here, here's sort of the idea of if we would be willing to stand in line to get into a club or go to a concert um, and we're, we know we're going to be cold, but getting in is going to be worth it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've sort of embraced the discomfort to get to that goal. And I think if we think about exercise the same way, um, we'll, it'll help us out. So, for example, when we exercise in the cold, when we exercise in general, it, it releases endorphins um, and, and, the, and sort of re results in this better positive mental state. We feel accomplished. Anytime we work out, anytime we exercise, I know I, I feel accomplished. I feel a sense of self-satisfaction. When we do so in more and more adverse circumstances, I think the, the ratio of that feeling of accomplishment and that sort of sense of satisfaction increases. Um, so that helps get me through that really cold start. Like, I'm going to feel good soon. I'm going to feel good soon. And I'm going to feel great afterwards because I pushed myself to get out on this kind of cold, windy day. Yeah. That's pretty much the conversation I have with myself every morning when I go for a run. And I say run in quotation marks. Um, well, what's also interesting is that where you uh, grew up or where you spend a lot of time can also impact how your body handles the cold. So like I said, I grew up in Michigan, but I spent eight years in South Florida. Uh, and so when you are spend a lot of time in the warmer climate, what happens is that your capillaries rise, rise closer to the surface of your skin because you're often warmer. Uh, and so it lets you release heat easier. What that meant for me was that when I went home to Michigan, you know, for the holidays or whatnot, I would get cold so easily and so quickly. Um, and so that's something to take into account. So you have to sort of counteract that with 
more layers and, you know, take all that in, into mind. Luckily, now that I've moved to West Virginia, I feel like I'm back to, I guess, the my factory settings. Uh, <laughs> but it's just kind of interesting to think about. I do love that you have gone from two pretty far extremes in, uh, in terms of North American climate. <laughs> You've got some some uh, intense heat, uh, you know, sort of situations, and obviously some intense. I, I'm not I'm not meant to live in the heat, you know. I'm I get pretty sweaty. I got I'm really pale. I have my hair is not great in humidity. I'm meant to be in the cold. I'm meant to wear a sweater, so nice. I'm, I'm happy with being back. Uh, so. Um, what are some of the common myths about staying warm outdoors? You and I sort of chatted about this before, but what are some of the things that you've heard that just aren't true? Yeah, so there, there's a, there's several, and and it's it's interesting because some of them are personal truths that lead to people sort of overthinking the impact this will have. So, um, you know, here's here's one. I I love to bust this down because it's just you know this sort of like smacks of machismo culture, but cold is not purely psychological. I've heard people say that, like you know. You could, you know, somebody trucking through campus on a, you know, negative 10 degree day wearing shorts and it's like cold is psychological. It's not, it's physiological. That being said, we already discussed that we can expand our sort of range of of comfort, but let's not be foolish, right? What one of the kind of maxims for outdoor adventure is um, plan ahead and be prepared. And you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you've you've endangered yourself uh, because you went out truly unprepared for the cold temperatures. And at the, you know, at the lower end of that spectrum, you just don't want to get sick and lower your immune um, defenses because you rain your body down on a really cold day, a cold, wet day. Um, so cold is not purely psychological. There's a psychological element to it, but let's not overlook the, the physiology of it as well. So here's another fun one. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've, if you've been to a ski resort and you're riding the lift, the lift is a cold, a cold place sometimes. You know, you're exposed to the wind. Um, and in worst case scenario, you get stuck right in front of a snowmaker that's blasting you. But inevitably, you always see people smoking on the lift, you know, and, and you know, sometimes you know, you're going to be like, hi, it, it warms me back up between downhill runs. Um, interestingly, it, it doesn't. Um, I, I think there's several things we'll talk about that, that maybe have the perception of warming us up. And there is something to be said for the mindset of the warmer. But um, actually, uh, nicotine is a vasoconstrictor. So what it effectively does is decreases circulation, especially to your, to your, um, extremities. So, um, smoking that cigarette on the lift, uh, paradoxically is, is going to physically make you colder. And it can also, um, uh, you know, sort of, uh, make your, uh, uh your lung function obviously decrease, which is a, a process of also helping keep you regulated and warm. So, Smoking tobacco and general tobacco use will not help you keep you warm. Um, here's another one. Uh, you know, folks will say, um, you know, that, that alcohol warms them up. You know, like hard liquor on a cold day, you know, it's going to warm you up. Um, or, you know, that cartoon uh, dog that has a little barrel under his neck, you know, to go rescue people. So, so alcohol um, also does not warm you up. Um, it, it really does not have that effect on your body. Um, and similarly, Hot drinks, um, well, they, they do a lot for our, our mental status, um, and they may actually raise the body temperature, at, you know, one or uh, one or two degrees. Um, they don't substantially combat, say, being underdressed while being in the outdoors. But you know, holding a warm, um, you know, cup of hot chocolate on cold fingers and you know, feeling the steam—that's that, a that's obviously a good thing psychologically to, to you know, sort of be able to enjoy the outdoors. And, and a lot of folks who go for a hike love to have a warm thermos. 
one of the things that's interesting though is um, drinking a hot beverage can actually trick your body into thinking it's warm, even though it hasn't substantially risen your core temperature. And you can actually kind of trigger some of the mechanisms our body uses to cool ourselves down, like sweating. So it's uh, it's you know probably not the kind of thing you want to overdo. <laughs> it's just make sure that you're you're kind of regulating your your body temperature, you know, through that layering and, and exercising more so than hot drinks. Right. So don't chug hot chocolate as you're riding the ski lift. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's a, that's a good tip. Um, all right. So do you have any final like tips or tricks for successful exercising outdoors, Nathan? Yeah, I'll throw a couple more out here to wrap this up. So uh, I, I personally really enjoy biking in the cold. But, you know, it's a fun challenge, and, and especially mountain biking on on snowy trails is just a whole other you know kind of unique experience. So I, I read an article recently about sort of about bike, biking in the cold, and I'll share a couple things from it. Um, you know, when we th- when we think about that, um, I think I think I didn't use this exact phrase, but the phrase that's often used is um, start cold and hike you know, run or bike warm. So you always sort of start out, you're going to be colder because you, you don't have all the layers on. And then as your body warms up, you'll warm up and you have a good operating temperature. Well, one of the things that can be helpful is to think about where you start. So, you know, to help your body warm up before it, it really kind of plummets in temperature, think about starting at the bottom of the hill and starting intentionally with a long, slow climb. And that can be true for a hike or, or a bike ride as well. Um, and then your body will kind of come up to operating temperature because it's working harder. And, and it's not, um, on the flip side, in, encountering all that wind. And wind is a really a kind of a, a, a big way we lose heat. We're not encountering all that wind before our body gets up to, to temperature. Um, so think about wind in general. Also, think about like if you're going to start out on the rail trail. Again, maybe don't pick the windiest corner of the rail trail, but pick somewhere that's a little bit sheltered until your body sort of settles into the rhythm. Um, also, you know, a lot of times in the activities we're doing, we don't want to carry those extra warm layers with us, especially if we're running or, or riding, we don't want the bulk. So, um, you know, if you've got your sort of winter route or winter exercise routine, think about looping back to your car or your house or your room to drop that layer once your body comes up to temperature. And that way you're not sort of like always jogging with bulky layers or, or, or running around with those. Um, I think the other part that's important to think about is when we stop after we've been working our bodies harder, the, the sweat that we've generated is going to cool us down rapidly. It's what, it's what sweat does. And even if we're wearing layers, we can have sweat underneath those layers against our skin. Um, by the way, there's a whole science to sort of materials and textiles that kind of can really um, help us during cold weather. That's probably a topic for another day. Um, but what's important to think about is, is sort of your, your pace and rhythm. So, um, you know, we, one of the ways to express this is think about who you're working out with and, and, and make sure you're sort of well-matched or that you have a plan to kind of incorporate that. If, for example, you ride or run ahead on the trail or, uh, you know, or on the route, and then you've got to wait every, you know, every 15 minutes, you're waiting five minutes, your body's going to just kind of keep going through this rapid cycle of heating up and cooling down. That It's not going to lend uh, to, to you finding a nice regulating temperature. So, you know, run, walk, hike with a person that's matched your pace or plan a route where you can have natural points where you've gone a little further, they've gone a little shorter and you can meet up or vice versa. Um, so also just something to think about if your goal is to spend some social time and move more slowly. So, and that, that could be really different than your workout days. Um, I've got little kids and, and I like getting them out to adventure and exercise. And I, I inevitably do this where, you know, I've, I've been cross-country skiing on my own the day before and I've, I've dressed in the appropriate layers because I know I'm going to be moving at a certain speed. 
the next day I go out with my kids and I always underdress forgetting that I won't be working my body that hard because I'm going at their pace. And so, um, you know, I've got to remember to really bulk up. And so if you are, for example, um, you know, enjoying some running time on the rail trail, the next day you're going to meet up for a social walk with a friend, just don't dress like you're running, dress like you're going to go for a slow walk. And it sounds counterintuitive, but I've kind of set myself up for some cold ski with uh, kids because I didn't, I didn't really think through that. So you'll, uh, you'll be able to, you know, kind of figure it out as you go and, and get it, get yourself in good. Here's one of the last things I'll mention. I don't, um, you know, I think this could be a whole other conversation in itself, but hopefully it goes without saying, you don't have to spend big on clothing in order to, um, you know, to set yourself up for success in the cold weather. You can spend thousands of dollars. You know, there's, uh, if you've ever shopped for a, a Patagonia piece of apparel, you know, you can drop a lot of cash pretty quick. Yep. Um, but there are some really great ways to avoid that if, if that's not in the budget or your interest. Um, first of all, a lot of us have, you know, sort of, um, you know, from maybe high school athletics or, or just from what we've accumulated clothing that probably will work pretty well in this realm. Um, you know, years before they made expensive um, uh, fleeces, uh, people wore wool sweaters, and a lot of us have sweaters, either wool or synthetic, and they work great for insulation. Um, you know, and, and there's there's a number of sort of shortcuts you can take, uh, less expensive gear routes. I'll also just mention thrift stores are one of my favorite ways to pick up a, a piece of a, of like uh, you know warm outdoor gear that that um, doesn't have to be the most fashionable, but I want to be functional, and so. Um, you know, there are a number of ways to kind of go without having to drop a ton of cash. Adventure West Virginia actually also has some uh, loaner equipment. Um, so generally when we're running, say, a ski trip or a, you know, winter bike trip, we'll we'll be able to hook you up with some stuff that will help keep you warm. We can load it to you and then take it back and wash it after it's done and get it ready for the next person. So you can ease into it without having to go out and spend big money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, anytime you go into like an outdoorsy type store, sometimes there's a little sticker shock. <laughs> for sure when you see that uh i would add a tip that if you are going out for exercise make sure you bring a tissue with you because my nose always runs and i hate sniffing so uh, you know bring a bring a, a facial tissue along with you uh and i also tend tend to like moisturize my face if it's going to be exposed because uh, that will help with the wind and if you have you know dry skin like i do it's nice to put a little layer on that beforehand but Sounds, All right, like a, sounds like a great Michigan tip right there. <laughs> it is, yeah. And you get uh, get some bag balm. It's like really thick kind of Vaseline type stuff. Oh, it's great. And you put that on your nostrils. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, this podcast is not sponsored by bag balm. Um, <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing all those great winter tips. Um, we'll put the link to Adventure West Virginia in the description for this, because I imagine a lot of this is on their website. Um, and make sure you can also follow them on Instagram and Twitter because they're doing a lot of cool stuff like this winter, um, about like how to wax your skis and all sorts of cool other winter activities. So take advantage of that WVU students. And thank you, Nathan. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today and we appreciate all of our listeners out there as well and we will catch you next time on well be wednesday thanks and bye